Welcome to Stand Our Ground. I'm your host, Kaya, and I'm so grateful that you've decided to join me as I investigate the murder of my cousin, Deanna Stevenson. This podcast does discuss domestic violence and includes events and descriptions that some listeners may find triggering, so please listen with caution. If you need to talk with someone about the content of this podcast or something that it brings up for you, please call 988 in the United States to reach the Mental Health Crisis Line or text HOME to 741-741. As a reminder, all individuals discussed in this podcast are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Welcome back to Stand Our Ground. Today, we are going to continue our conversation about the text messages between Megan Woodilla, uh, now Megan Plunkett, and my cousin Deanna Stevenson in the months and weeks leading up to Deanna's murder. Now, I have to be totally honest with y'all. I am a day later recording this than I planned to because the text messages hit me that hard. Um, And to be totally honest with you, I don't completely know why they hit me so hard. They hit me a lot harder than the police interviews. Um, But for whatever reason they did, um, maybe it's because, you know, text messages are such a normal everyday part of life now. We don't consider that someone will ever be looking over them because we've been suspiciously killed. Um, So it's very strange to be going through these, but we are going to try our best to get through the rest of the text messages today so that I can play you that 911 call. Um, so when we left off, we were talking about how there are so many text messages about things that do not involve the house and the dogs and the bills, which is, of course, what Megan said she and Deanna primarily communicated about. You know, there's also multiple phone calls. There's talking about Megan's hair. There's some sexting. There's talking about their relationships. Um, and we're just going to see that increase as this goes on. Um, if you're on our Facebook page, I am sharing some of the text messages so that you can see them for yourself. Um, so if you want to see those, make sure that you're following us on Facebook, Stand Our Ground Podcast. Um, so on that note, we are going to go ahead and start with, let's see, what date are we going to start Oh, it's not clear what day this is, of course, do, 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 do. but it is in May, it looks like. So in May of 2017, what's really interesting is it seems like they're kind of having a decent conversation for a little bit. Um, oh, here we go. It's not May. Sorry. It is April 22nd, I believe. So April 2017, it looks like. Um, And the text messages start off with Megan sending, hello, today is a new day. Make it a great one. Make it a good one. Smile and have fun. Be safe. Don't be stupid hanging with other people. Be smart. Um, And then it starts kind of progressing. And at some point, they start talking about the house and the bills and the pool. And so um, Deanna talks about how she's paid all of the bills that were past due as well as the new amounts last night 
Um, the pool is getting greener and greener and it feels like Megan never existed or died because of how empty the house is of all of her things. Megan responds, trust me, I was there and saw the pool. Pisses me off more than you know, but you're never there either. So don't say you are. Those poor dogs live in that house by themselves. I don't even want to hear it. You didn't go home until 6.30 last night from being gone Saturday at two something, which by the way, I'm not sure how Megan knows where Deanna is. Um, it's a little bit creepy. If you ask me, I suppose it could be maybe like other people are reporting on where she is. Cause it seems that's been going on in this case that someone will tell Deanna what Megan's doing. Someone will tell Megan what Deanna's doing. Um, very like small town gossipy. Um, but yeah, it, it's very unclear why Megan would or would not know. Uh, Deanna responds, Meg, I was home Friday and last night and home now. Stop being fucking rude. I have not been rude to you. And then they start um, arguing, uh, well, more so than they already were. So Meg talks about how many times she's cleaned the pool by herself, how much money she's dumped into. Now she has to see it turn green. Um she says, nothing is peaceful with you. I can't even stay home without you pitching a fit or telling me I can't sleep somewhere. I'm leaving in May for 10 days. Are you moving out or keeping the house? Something has to give. We're both at a standstill. Um, and she also says, it's time for us to be adults and figure shit out. Um, and then they go on for a while. They start talking about money. Um, and then it seems to... This, and this may be another day. Um, but then Meg says, like, hey, come do my work for me. Um, and it's interesting because this is one of those conversations that I feel like gave me huge insight into how their relationship would go and how Meg would bring up something very benign and then slowly use it to find a way to attack Deanna or start an argument. And, I, and I'll explain what I mean. So Meg says, come do my work for me. Deanna says, fuck that. I don't know how to do that. Meg says, you would get so overwhelmed and frustrated and quit, LOL. And Deanna says, ha, huh, probably. Meg says, it's the most multitasking job ever. Emails, scrub files, phone ringing, realtors hounding you, paperwork. Ugh, a lot more than what I was expecting, but I love it. Just not enough hours in the day. Um, they talk for a little bit about the house and Deanna's other relationship. Um, at some point Meg says, our life together is over, Deanna. We both have moved on. Don't ruin what you have by texting and blowing my phone up. Deanna tries to talk about some other things and Meg says, all right, so now important things, the house. Um, she blocks her again, but this job is going to come back up. So don't forget that. Um, they just arguing. Um, we have Meg saying to Deanna on May 18th, 2017, I hope you know you're the biggest piece of shit in this world. Thinking I'm going to pay for a house I'm not staying in, you're out of your fucking mind. Get your shit and get the fuck out. Deanna says, Jesus Christ, I am not moving. Megan says, then pay the fucking bill. Deanna says, I paid the pool. I'm paying the utilities on top of my other bills. You are paying for your life with Amy. You made all of this your problem too, Meg. Oh, because Meg had said your problem. Deanna says you made all this your problem too, Meg. Meg says you made it clear you aren't moving out so you can get a taste of what it feels like to pay for everything. Deanna says I was paying for my own shit before we got together. You're so hateful. I guess the mortgage will be late. You're always shopping and doing things with other people and I'm sure saving but don't care what you do to me every day. Always my fault and always me being a piece of shit. I've been paying everything. 
Megan says, good. I don't care, Deanna. You made the choice that you wanted the house, so you got it. Deanna says, I paid all my bills last month, gave you money for the mortgage, and you didn't pay utilities. Yep, because Amy is not moving in ever. Doesn't matter what I say. Meg says, that's fine. Pay the mortgage. Um, I actually think we probably talked about some of this last week, but it's worth going over again. Um, Meg talks about how because of needing to pay the mortgage, because Deanna didn't handle it, then she's going to have to cancel the kennel for the dogs and Amy's keeping them. Deanna's very upset because she had offered to keep them and Meg had insisted, no, they were going to... Um, go to a kennel. And if you remember from way, way, way at the beginning of this podcast, um, or if you've read any of the Pensacola News Journal articles, which are not super well written for whatever it's worth, no shade to the author. I I don't think it's her fault. Um, Anyways, though, there's this text reference that says that Deanna had sent a text that says, every day I think of ways to kill Amy and get away with it. And We looked for this text and I finally, finally found what I think is meant to be this text. And it's very interesting because because of how it comes up. So Megan says something along the lines of like, nobody should mess with Deanna because Deanna will... uh, that Deanna had sent a meme like the psycho girlfriend or whatever. So they're talking about this and Deanna says, um, yeah, I always like stick up for what's mine and the people in my life type of thing. And Meg was like, you even stick up for what's not yours. Um, don't think I don't know that you wouldn't like do anything or show up for me. Um, and Deanna says, I sit and think all kinds of crazy shit I could do to Amy all the time and make sure I get away with it. And Meg says, bah, ha, 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 ha. Um, so it seems interesting to me that then this is later brought up as like evidence that Deanna would, was thinking about how to kill Amy because she doesn't say anything about killing Amy right there. Um, And Meg laughs at it. So it seems honestly like, is it, does it check the, the test for like good humor? No, absolutely not. But it it sounds like Deanna's dark humor, honestly. And Meg has no response to it, which tells me that she probably also is getting that feeling. Um, And, you know, this conversation goes on a little bit, but. Meg never says anything she other than saying like, ha ha. Um, so that's really strange to me. And then on the day that Deanna is taking her mom to surgery and staying at the hospital with her, um, which Meg knows cause they've been talking back and forth about Deanna's mom's surgery. My aunt Sheila's surgery. Um, Meg says, can you talk? And Deanna says, yeah, I can talk. Meg says, Navy Federal called me. Going to start foreclosure process almost two months past due. They're going to collect it out of my account the second I get paid. Um, They talk about this for a while. Um, This is a week before June. And so they have to pay before June 1st hits. Otherwise, it's going to be an issue. Um. Part of this seems to be because Meg did not pay her part of the mortgage or she didn't pay her utilities and therefore 
Deanna had to pay them with the mortgage money. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but it goes on like this. And another thing that I find kind of wild is that Meg talks about, where do we have it? Well, Meg says, I'm done. Move your shit out because I'm not going to keep paying for you to live there. Um, she also says something about Deanna living somewhere that she knows she can't afford, which really I find crazy because my understanding is that it was Megan who wanted the better house. Deanna had been, I mean, she was excited about the new house for sure, but she tended not to be a live outside your means person to that extent. Um, we, let's see, we have them still talking about the mortgage. Um, Deanna mentions that Meg has the money she has because she lives with Amy and Amy's mom. So she doesn't have to pay anything, but the Deanna has a bunch of bills that she has to pay. This ends with Meg saying, actually, you know what? That's fine. Don't worry about it. Because when I get back, I'm moving every mother ducking thing out of that house. So autocorrect got her. Uh, you can have the fucking house by duck you. Um, so then they just are insulting each other for a while, which I'm not going to read to you. Um, so Meg says, why don't you fucking go move in with your girlfriend and leave me the fuck alone? Uh, which remember Meg says she has no idea whether or not Deanna has a girlfriend. Um, Meg also says, and by the way, if you are a family of Deanna, you're not going to like this. So heads up. Meg says, I forgot you're just like the rest of your shitty family. Always wanted a free ride and someone to pay for your shit. Makes everyone else's life a living hell. Deanna says, it's not like you didn't know the mortgage was paid. Not true. You have no room to talk. Meg says something about how even though they broke up a year ago, she's still having to deal with this. And Deanna says, oh, we broke up a year ago? Really? And Meg says, who cares? It's been too long I've been doing this with you. Meg says, "You or sorry, Deanna says, you did all of this, not me. Amy is who you wanted. Um, and then they talk about you're shitty, you're shitty. Um, Deanna says, my mom's about to have surgery and you add all of this on top of it. You can live there. I never told you to move in with Amy. Meg says, I don't give a fuck. Deanna says, you chose to stay gone, Meg. And Meg says, oh, really? Um, then in the next text message, um, Meg says, I've taken care, which is on a different day, by the way. This is the next day. Meg says, I've taken care of it. Don't you worry about a thing. It's my mom's birthday, not letting you ruin it anymore. Deanna says, Meg, stop. You blew up at me. Um, so this goes on for a little bit. Deanna wishes Meg's mom a happy birthday. At this point, by the way, Meg is still in Oregon. Um, and then the, okay, here we go. This is what I was looking for. So Meg talks about how the mortgage money is going to come out of her account and talks about, um, let's see whether or not, Oh, she also calls Deanna's son an asshole, which is like just completely unnecessary at this point. Uh, she also says, your family's so fucking shitty, Deanna. Um, so just continuously going on the insults, the insults. Um, Deanna talks about how she's going to try to file for bankruptcy. Meg says, I'm going to refinance the pool in just my name and sell the house. Deanna says, I don't want the house sold. I have a say too, and we can rent it out. Meg says, 
Nope. Deanna says, stop being this way to me. I have a say-so. I told you to come home plenty of times. Meg said, I'm not paying for it anymore. Either you fake over... Oh, fork. Either you fork over all the payments or it's being sold. I'm not going to keep putting money into it. Um, and Meg talks about how she is going to still pay the mortgage because her credit is worth too much to her. Uh, she talks about how she's going tanning. She talks about how she's too fat in a picture. Um, she talks about how she's never going to get married, how she's never going to have kids, um, both of which she's done because Deanna ruined her dreams and they'll never be the same again. And then, and then this is where we get into the relationship talk. And of course I am, um, not including the name of the person Deanna was seeing, but Meg says, I have a question though, with you and the other person being official, and ask some questions about that. And Deanna says, if I tell you things, you can't say a fucking word to Amy. Meg says, um, why the fuck would I tell Amy? That's none of my business to be telling people. And so then Deanna starts giving her like this long, long, long information about her relationship and like her partner's former partner and the the complicated dynamics and all of this kind of stuff. Meg starts giving her advice on it. She says, you better not fuck it up. Um, and Deanna says, you tell me not to fuck it up. Why didn't someone tell you the same when it came to me? Meg says, I don't know, because I guess I'm a good person. Not in your eyes, but I wouldn't want someone to feel what I felt and deal with what I've dealt with. You say she's so wonderful and amazing, so why fuck it up? Um, at this point, Deanna is really conflicted, right? Cause she was doing fine, but now the, the, the new relationship's kind of going not the way she wanted. I, I feel like it, it seems like it was either more of a rebound or just very complicated. Um, and Deanna says, you're the person who left me for another life. Uh, and then says, she's amazing Meg, but you're all that I know. And they talk about this, but it's really just Deanna. So Deanna's sending more messages now that Meg's asked her. And then Meg says, well, when are we going to sit down and discuss the house and everything else? So it's just, again, it's luring her into a conversation and then let's bring up the house. Um, and then this is in, oh gosh, my dates did not save, but this is, I want to say um, late May, early June. So not too long before Deanna's killed. Meg says, I'm going to tell you, I've talked to a real estate lawyer and I'm not going to go on forever like this, especially when you're in a relationship. I need my own place. Real estate lawyer just does a forced sale, which by the way is what happened to the house. Real estate lawyer just does a forced sale. Neither one of us keep the house. It's forced to sell. Um, which is just kind of insane considering all the stuff that ends up happening with the house later. Um, at this point, I am actually going to go ahead and play the 911 call, and then I'm just going to go ahead, and we are almost through the text messages. Oh, no, we're not. We're going to do another episode about the rest of the text messages. But I'm going to go ahead and put in the 911 call for you um, because I think it relates to this house. So I'm going to play it for you, and then I'm going to come back on and tell you what I hear when I listen to it because I want you to hear it without my input first. 
Uh, by the way, you've heard this 911 call before, I believe, on a previous episode, but I was able to um, tweak the uh, audio and which frequencies were playing in order to bring some of the background audio to the forefront. Sorry, one more thing I should mention that you are going to be able to hear gunshots in this 911 call as well, which you couldn't before. Um, so I want you to both count the gunshots and when you hear them and anything that happens in between them. And if you don't feel like you can handle listening to the 911 call, you don't feel like you can handle listening to the gunshots, go ahead, skip ahead one minute, and then I'll be talking again. Hey, this is Mark. I got a, I got a active file on the phone. So they called me just to scream in the background. Okay, so here's what I hear. I hear something that I can't completely identify. It sounds something like she doesn't want that or you didn't want that or you don't want that. And then a gunshot. Um, That's what I suspect to be the warning shot. Um, And remember, we do have one clear shot that seems like it does line up with the story of a warning shot going towards the storage door. Um, then we hear a voice that appears to be Meg's voice saying, well, then move. And originally when I heard this, I was like, okay, move out of the way. And then it hit me like a ton of bricks as I was going through these text messages. How often does Meg say, well, then move. Are you moving? Are you going to move out? Move, Deanna. Deanna, when are you going to move? Move out of the fucking house. So now I'm wondering if it was, well, then move, move out of the house. And that's followed by three more gunshots. Bang, bang, pause, bang. Um, Those three gunshots are clearly not warning shots. Um, I... I'm going to leave it here for today. And I would really love if you have questions, comments, particularly if you have questions or comments that you're wondering about the police investigation in relation to these four gunshots um, and and whether or not they were followed up on or based on what you've heard from police interviews, your thoughts on that. I would really love for you to send them to me so that I can read some um, listener information or listener information. That's not what I'm going to read. <laughs> uh, some listener feedback on the next episode when we talk about this. So we're going to do um, an episode finishing the text messages and then we'll come back and we'll talk about this 911 call and the four gunshots again. So whether you're a subscriber or not, you're going to have the opportunity to share your thoughts on this and um, possibly have them read on the podcast. You can send those thoughts to me either through our Facebook page, uh, Stand Our Ground Podcast, um, or by emailing me at standourgroundpodcast at gmail.com. Um, as a reminder, subscribers do get episodes one week early as well as some exclusive content. That is $2.99 a month through Spotify. I did the math the other day. That's like $0.75 cents per episode. Um, and all of the money that we get from that goes to either promoting the show or um, will help pay for CrimeCon expenses. While we're at CrimeCon, I'm going to be 
uh, giving some of the materials out to other podcasters to hopefully get more people to cover Deanna's case. Also, mark your calendars for February 1st, because on February 1st, uh, you are going to be hearing this case covered on David McClam's podcast, True Crime Authors and Extraordinary People. And if you thought one episode was all he was going to do on Deanna's case, you would be wrong. He is fired up about this case and you are not going to want to miss hearing what he has to say because I'm a family member and he is not. Um, So make sure to check that out. I'll be sharing it on our social media as soon as it drops. Also, if you are a subscriber and you have not gotten your bumper sticker yet, please make sure to send me a good address to send it to you. If you have sent me your address and have not gotten your bumper sticker yet, it's because I'm waiting for more packing materials to come in the mail. So it should be out soon. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And I'm going to go ahead and pass it to Deanna with our outro. Here's to you, here's to me, friends and family, who shall always be, who shall ever disagree, fuck you, and here's to me. Hey! Stand Our Ground is written and produced by Kaya Penfield. Our theme music is Lifelike by Alexi Action Background Music. You can find us on social media by going to at Stand Our Ground on TikTok or searching Stand Our Ground Podcast on Facebook. You can also email us at standourgroundpodcast at gmail.com.